Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 108 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Second Technician, Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this particular episode are Ben Moss Woodward, a.k.a. Edelweiss, who is the Chief Head of Health and Safety here at Lave Station. Greetings, Commander Fozzer, and hopefully everyone can hear everything. Otherwise, let me know. <laughs> we should just say before I introduce anybody else that Ben is actually dual rolling this evening. He's actually the man on the desk. He is the man pushing the buttons and making sure that everything is going out loud and clear and to all corners of the galaxy. God help us all. God help us all. And the wonderful dulcet tones of the wonderful Mr. Colin Ford, a.k.a. Phoenix Defier, our chief archivist here at Lave Station. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Commander Fozzer. How are you? Uh, looking forward to this one. <laughs> we have, for a change, got quite a lot to cover. And obviously, when we've got too much to cover and stuff that we're not exactly complete experts on, we bring in a ringer. And I'm very happy to say that we've got a spectacular ringer coming in for this particular episode. We've got the wonderful Obsidian Ant. Good evening, sir. Hello there. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's nice of you to, uh, to pop your Lave Radio Cherry. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, well, we should just say uh, that we are actually out there in the galaxy. We are. If you'd like to come and join us, we are live in-game. We are in the beta this evening. We're hanging out somewhere between the planet Lave and Lave Station. If you just search for the civilian broadcast, uh, you should be able to drop out. And we are sitting right next to our very own in-game asset, the Orange Sidewinder, which for those people that haven't got a chance to play beta, is now in the game. The the orange beacon of broadcasting is actually sat somewhere between Lave Station and the planet Lave. And you can come and visit us. We are, well, we are a little bit nails. We are an elite-classed ship. We are tanked up to the nines, and we have some spectacular weaponry. Not that that stopped some people from having a pop at us, which we shall come on to in a little bit. So if you want to come on, you can. You can join us live in the beta. We're all hanging outside the Orange Sidewinder. Uh, if you can't get into the game, then, of course, you can join us in the IRC chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live. Or, of course, we are live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. Okay, so what we're going to do this episode, we have obviously got the uh, beta 2.1 has dropped into our wonderfully warm and moist laps. And we've been playing it ever since around about, uh, well, for me, it was around about midnight on Thursday when I finally uh, got everything down loaded and installed what about uh, what about you ben when did you get access i actually very deliberately went out on thursday evening so i was about the same and colin oh i i let's see i think it'll be at eight o'clock at night um i basically kicked everybody i kicked the, the, the little girl <laughs> off the computer because she was doing homework but she's got her own laptop for that so um yes Soon as soon as it came through my machine, I was on it. Okay. What about you, Obsidian? When did you manage to jump into it? No, I was actually very lucky then. So going a bit earlier than you guys, I was on just slightly past five o'clock. Oh, nice. Uh, I must admit, I watched. Um, oh, I don't know if it was Mad Dog. It was one of the uh, the community streamers had uh, managed to get it ridiculously early, around about sort of four four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, and it, it just just all seemed to boil down to how close you were to the Amazon uh, server farm, or whether or not your particular Amazon server updated before everybody else's. It was a bit bizarre. So you must be where are you based, Obsidian? Which which country? Which location are you based around? I'm in the UK, down in Kent. Um, so I don't know how close that is to their servers, but it may have been a case I just managed to hit the download button very on, early on as soon as it was made available. Ah, uh, uh, could be that. Going there could ahead of the queue. 
<laughs> so uh, obviously we're going to spend uh, a decent amount of time on uh, on this particular show talking about the beta what we've uh, what we've liked what we've played uh, what we're sort of scratching our heads with because there's still a few things that we're scratching our head with there's quite a lot of uh, well quite a lot of things in the game that's still a bit well should we say fishy for example um okay we can <laughs> Before we jump into all of that, let's find out what everybody has been up to uh, this week. I'm going to leave Obsidian to the end because I know he's had a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare in the last couple of days. So we'll start with you, Ben. Oh, I, I've had a pretty awesome week. Week actually, I've 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 been out a couple of times with some doing some some of this sociable outside thing, seeing the great big ball of fire in the sky and things. Um, and then on top of that, I've also been basically building two complete PCs. <laughs> So, totally opposite ends of things, but they're both awesome, uh, good, and both PCs, Touchwood, seem to be running okay. Okay, go on, no doubt. Uh, tell us what these PCs are for and what sort of specs you built into them. One of them is for me, which is a... it's actually the remnants of Commander Snuffler's machine, which is a, oh. a nice little i7 <laughs> and a NVIDIA... 970 graphics card. Bloody hell. <laughs> How can that be the remnants of uh, of someone's machine? How come that's not the Snuffler machine has that now they got use? a 980 tie and a very very good motherboard of He's got about... He, I, I don't actually think we're allowed to say, but he's got a very expensive rig that his missus doesn't quite know how much money he spent on it <laughs> um, when he works it all out. And the other machine, I can't say what it's for co- until next Monday, which might happen to be my son's birthday. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully your son doesn't listen to this particular show, then. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that was too subtle for him. I don't think it was particularly subtle at all, but he said, no, probably oh. not. Oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and what sort of spec have you built for him? He's got a fairly decent i5, still got 16 gigs of RAM in it, and he's got an eight, uh, ATI graphics card whose name I can't remember, but it's a fairly good one as well. Okay, so more than sufficient for browsing porn. More than... He's only nine! <laughs> <laughs> more than sufficient for playing Minecraft. Okay. Cool. And I'm sure you won't be browsing any porn on that. <laughs> well, I was debating <laughs> installing <laughs> Cody on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, priceless. Uh, Colin, tell me about your week, sir. Well, my week's been... Well, up until Friday, everything was actually quite good. We had the beta drop-in, and I had quite a lot of fun with that. And, um, obviously, everything with the RPG is coming to a close now. So, um, I think... Uh, I've just got to send Dave Hughes a few extra things, and uh, uh, hopefully all that will be good to go. Um, and I was really looking forward to this weekend actually seeing how much the new graphic, the new Pascal graphic cards were going to cost. I found out I could probably afford one. And then my son admitted something to me which I was a little annoyed about. Ah, he um, was watching porn. No. Uh, he was playing in the back garden, uh, threw a stone up into the air, uh, and that stone went very, very high, and gravity took over, and um, the stone's fall was broken by the rear windscreen of a very expensive BMW Ooh. M3. So you can imagine that my birthday money Ooh. and Christmas money that I had put aside for that graphics card had to be given to the neighbour in order to fix it. Heck. So I, I am, and oh. <laughs> So, right at this moment in time, when people mention graphic cards, I, and they're oath only, 
<laughs> so uh, he's he's banned from the Xbox for a week. I actually wanted him. I, I wanted to sell Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, for him just to put a thing. He's already lost one of his birthday presents. Uh, I, I was really tempted to throw his lightsabers in the bin. That's how angry I was. Oh, and how old is so, your son? Oh, he's nine. <laughs> it was his birthday last week, and he spent all his birthday money on lightsabers and uh, Star Wars figures for the Xbox Disney Infinity. And right at that moment in time, I was so tempted to take it to the charity shop. Really. And how much does the back windscreen of a BMW uh, M5 cost? At the moment, uh, well, it's an M3. <laughs> an M5 would probably be double the price. But um, my neighbour, thankfully, knew someone in the trade. So they got about 320, 340 pounds. Oh. If I'd actually taken it to a main dealer, we would be talking to 500 pounds plus. Jeez, man. So, yes, that's, that's been my happy joy week. Okay, so <laughs> no graphics card for Colin, but Obsidian, why don't you tell us about your week? Yes, it's been quite a week, it has too. Uh, been a complete mixture for me. To be totally honest, it's really high and a bit of a lower start with everything blowing up and burning out and all the rest of it. And getting such a massive help from the community has just been uh, so no, 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 no. You're, you're going to have to back up. So what's blown up? What's caught fire? Oh, dear. It's, it's just been a bit, a bit of a story. So um, basically what, what happened is um, oh, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night. I was there sorting a few videos out and smelled a slight bit of a burning smell but didn't think too much of it and then the, the computer went off so I just thought oh, computer's crashed or a bit of a power issue there or something like that tried to put it back on again and um, it wouldn't come on <laughs> so I, I moved it out from the desk and took most of the cables out except for the power cable took the um, cover off looked inside all looked okay so i tried powering on again and it did come on this time except after a few seconds all the fans started wearing up all going full of throttle and then there was blue sparks coming out the side of the graphics card a couple couple inch high flame followed by a plume of smoke and the computer completely shut off (laughs) oh my yeah so that that was that that completely dead graphics card and well it was probably about a day later not didn't get a chance to use a computer that much the computer actually managed to survive that at least initially but people kept telling me i shouldn't be using it yeah in, in the end the whole whole thing went so yeah lost lost the computer and the graphics card no see i didn't know that i just thought it was the the graphics card but you ended up no, losing no, the whole yeah the whole whole thing went Oh dear! So, so what? Uh, what spec was the PC that went up in flames? How old was well, it? What sort of uh, components were you running? It was fairly old, but still very capable of playing games. Still, it was an i5, 2500K. Yeah. And the graphics card was a uh, GTX 780. Mhm. So, still more than capable of playing pretty much everything, but not any longer. So, so what exactly have uh, have you done? What exactly has been your next step? Well, that was, I'm, to be honest, I was in a bit of a bind, really, at that point, because not in a position at all to be able to replace it. Whilst I could have done without Plan Elite for a while, it's the YouTube <laughs> channel. Yeah, I've, I've um, really needed help 
keeping the channel going. So, faced with that kind of situation, I, I just asked the community, outright, if perhaps they could offer a little bit of help. And knowing the Elite Dangerous community as we do, how did they respond? Well, the community is absolutely amazing. Probably one of the best gaming communities out there, I'd imagine. Got an absolutely overwhelming support. A lot, a lot of donations, a lot of offers for components, a lot of messages, just asking, offering to help. One guy even offered me to go around his house and <laughs> sort all my videos out there. He lived a good distance from me, but nice offer nonetheless. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely fantastic community. So I'm hoping then, by the sounds of that, that you've got more than enough to get yourself back on the feet, get the yeah, get the yeah. YouTube channel back up and running? Yeah, I've actually got got all the components ordered now. And um, even had a card donated to me, despite the fact that the guy knew I had enough money to cover it, and he said I should go with the SLI route. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so you've got two cards. Yeah, that's, that's what's happened, so that's the way I'll be going by the looks of it. Absolutely amazing generous people out there yeah well i think the the upshot from this uh, obsidian is the fact that you might be able to do with uh, you know not playing elite dangerous but the community cannot do with you not playing elite dangerous so yeah i think it's yeah. just one of those things i mean the amount of work and effort that you put into that channel the amount of you know enjoyment people get basically for free out of the stuff that you're doing i think it's yeah i think it's quite right to uh, to give a little bit back and uh, and reward you for the work that you've been doing so no i think it's it's great that it's had a happy ending and yeah. it just means that you now have to feel uh, duty bound to uh, to play to even more elite dangerous and videos. get more videos yeah <laughs> i mean as i said uh, initially i'm very very uncomfortable actually putting myself in that position to ask for a bit of help i'm not one to ever ask for handouts or anything like that and at the end of the day i just want to be able to keep the youtube channel going i want to be able to keep providing content to people and i want to be able to keep doing it to the standards and if not better than i've been doing so no, absolutely least, I, think I think now i'm going to be able to carry on doing that so just amazing and again i think that's exactly how everybody else will be looking at it everybody else will be thinking well you know this guy gives me so many hours of enjoyment from the stuff that he does you know i'll just put my hand in my pocket and, and show how much it means which is nice you know it shows that the the community does indeed value what it is that you do for us you know yeah it's just brilliant i'm just so amazed to hear it all I mean, you know, you sit, you sit there on that other end on the YouTube screen and you know there's people watching, but it's not until you hear all the feedback that you, you really realise how many people are actually out there and how many people do enjoy it. And that's just, just a wonderful feeling. Well, this is it. I mean, um, yeah, the live streams are one thing. You can, yeah, like we do, we can see the people that, that tune in live, but the amount of people that actually you know, get the, the late radio show and download it, you know, it's a staggering number. Um, so it's just quite nice to know that what you're doing is actually appreciated by the community and again this is just another way that uh, it's been shown so no fair play okay we are going to have a quick advert break and then when we come back we're going to jump straight into the latest news and features and obviously a beta 2.1 hey buddy why the long face exploring is boring what what makes you say so because i have to scoop for fuel at every single store and then the voices i hear in the store tell me to whoa sounds like you've got a case of space madness what you really need is really big gas tank what with really big gas tank you'll be sailing the milky way in style and comfort no more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel it's as easy as honk and go Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go! Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go! 
And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go! Gee, thanks, Master! No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous target face. Use only as directed. Okay, and we are back, and I think I've just got to do a quick shout-out to uh, Commander Ignatius J. Riley, who actually made that advert for us, because uh, even though we've heard it so many times now, because we play it even when we're not broadcasting, uh, it still makes us laugh every time we hear it, so massive thank you for him for sending that in. Um, before we go on to the, sort of the beta, just one of the bits of news I want to quickly pick up on is uh, the pain packs. Now, obviously, the paint packs have come in for Xbox players, but we've got some new paint packs that were added to the shop, pulled off the shop for some reason, and re-added again. And that's the the Squadron paint packs. Uh, what do you guys reckon to these particular uh, cut liveries? This was picked up on the uh, the Sandy Samarco uh, live broadcast that was on just before the show. Is that yeah? We've obviously got five pounds for the Eagle Squadron paint pack, five pounds for the Anaconda Squadron paint pack, five pounds for the Cobra Mark Three Squadron paint pack, uh, and one of the questions that came in on the live stream was you know can we not have you know a blue paint pack for example that goes across all your ships now yeah because we love so much and because we want them to be you know financially secure do we want that sort of one coat of paint fits all sort of situation or do we want them to keep on with these inoffensive vanity microtransactions that you know continue to sort of put coffers into the funds of uh, frontier developments colin well, I think we should, actually, because, um, well, I know that you, you see the Frontier trading statement this this uh, this quarter. It was very healthy. But um, from what I, I've seen of other games, uh, it is sometimes these vanity packs that keep things going. Uh, so, I mean, I would prefer it if it remained at the ship level. Uh, and I know that... Uh, I would prefer it some, also that, you know, maybe you could buy an individual sh- uh, paint... Uh, design like we used to instead of the the six packs you know only for a, a, a quid or something like that instead of a whole a whole fiver but um i mean i'm i'm carrying on buying them because sometimes i get bored with the standard look <laughs> so <laughs> so okay then uh spin it around uh obsidian do you agree or would you like a, a one paint fits all situation I actually think there's there's no there seems to be a quite a good variety of paint jobs on there, but I'd like to see more individual packs. I think someone mentioned that in the stream today. Well, I then keep selling the six ones. I don't know perhaps how they'd worked out for individual pricing. As how much how much are these ones priced at now? The latest ones I forget. Each pack is a fiver, so variations fiver. of the squadron theme is uh, is five pounds for for these six. Yeah, I mean there, there may be a point that it's not worth them selling them individually for a pound or something like that. I don't I don't know what the business side of it is, but again they are a business, so they need to make money somehow. And I much prefer them to see making it from vanity items than start selling us golden bullets or things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I mean, I know it's uh, we're going spectacularly off topic, and we're not even got to our first topic yet. But um, the app that they had um, initially launched, it obviously got pulled, and there hasn't been any sort of work on that. If they were to bring the app back, um, and you could browse these sort of skins in an app form, like 
you can say with with Grand Theft Auto, where you can have a look at your your cars in the garage on a particular app. If I was sat at work or you know, waiting for a meeting, and I could go through some of these these paint packs, or even better, individual sort of schemes for my ship, and pay for them on the app, and then they appear in the game, I think I'd probably dip into these things a little bit more. I mean, it's very rare that I actually make a beeline to go to the store and have a look what's on the store. But if it was on an app for me, I think I probably would. Yeah, I must have admit, I am actually missing that app, <laughs> believe it or not. It, I just liked um, uh, just browsing through some of the stuff that was in it just in the occasional time at my lunch hour when I was away from uh, away from my machine. So, you know, just I, I, I think the, I'm hoping that they bring it back and for Android as well this time. Yeah, definitely. Ben? Well, can't you browse the Frontier store by going onto the <laughs> website on your phone anyway, folks? <laughs> Twat. Yes, absolutely. That's a very good place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I'll shut up now, the then, shall I? Observation. <laughs> Go ahead it with that a wrench. That was exactly something that I could do. You're absolutely right. Thanks for pointing that out and making me feel stupid. All right. <laughs> Uh, I was I was going to say more things on the paint packs, but as I feel stupid, I'm just going to move us on to the uh, the main topic of ah oh, the show. But before I do, uh, Obsidian, what's your what's your point to make? No, I'm just going to make a quick point on you mentioning there about previewing the the, the paint jobs. I think that would be pretty good if we could just do that in the game, even if it was only whilst in the station, and just be able to apply the, any of the paints to the ships, but not actually own them until you. Or not leave the station with them until you own them. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Because um, yeah, there's nothing uh, there's nothing sexier than trying uh, trying an outfit on before you buy it. So uh, it would be nice if you could preview the decals before you actually put them onto your ship or buy them. Um, is there any way? I'm trying to think. Is there any way that you can actually interact with the store um, from the game menu? I can't remember. It's been a while since I've tried doing that. But there isn't a way that you can actually buy stuff in game and get taken to the Frontier store, is there? Uh, I think there's a link in the outfitting screen now. Is there? Uh, I know you certainly could in the launcher. Ah, the launcher I know you can, but I, was, I wasn't sure if you could do it in outfitting uh, and get more skins or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's a link there in the outfitting screen now. I'm pretty sure there is. It, uh, takes, you to, it takes you to the website still, but it's not actually in-game. But hmm. the link's there. Ben? Oh, agreeing with what Obsidian just said, because I'm pretty sure he's right there, but... As well as being able to see them in, as well as being able to see our mythical skins in the hangar that we haven't bought yet, we also need to see them in a couple of different environments. So maybe give us a, a sun background, sitting nicely on a planet, and that kind of thing as well, just to see what it looks like in different light before you go and buy it. You don't want much then, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and we would like it with sparkling rainbows in the background with, <laughs> with a unicorn going next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Frontier, put your finger out. you got to get that right. I want my unicorn ship drive. Oh, dear. <laughs> to quote Sandy from tonight's stream, that would be expensive. Expensive <laughs> on time and resources, so no, I can't see them doing that for you, Ben. Um, okay, let's... Uh, Let's move on, as we've just gone wildly off topic for the last 10 minutes. Let's talk about uh, beta. Let's talk about the fact that 2.1 is here. It's live. It's in-game. Um, it didn't take long to download for me. It only took about half an hour, which, <laughs> compared to other betas, uh, was quite good. Oh, please tell me we have not lost it. I think we might have lost a Commander Forrester. 
No, it's this headset. I'm going ah. to uh, I'm going to move over to a different headset. But whilst I do, uh, Ben, why don't you just take us through uh, your initial thoughts of the beta? What have you been up to? What sort of things have you enjoyed? What sort of things are you scratching your head about? Okay, what have I been up to? I first of all started out by trying out the missions. So just basically seeing the whole flow, the new flow of missions and things like that. And I've not done a bazillion of them, but so far they seem to be fairly stable for me from what I've done so far. Um, then I went off and was trying some. Oh, what did I went off and built a new ship and things like that. That's what I was doing. Um, and, of course, I have also gone off and driven around on my SRV, enjoyed looking at some of oh, the tracks I've made. I tried and I failed to draw the lay radio sidewinder on the dirt, so I, I think I might need to do that with somebody hovering above me telling me which way to go or something, maybe. Um, and then, of course, I did go and try out the engineer's today actually but just before we came on air just to see what's going on in the mayhem and I figured out some things with that but maybe we want to cover that a little bit later I don't know oh and I've used the bookmark as well I, th I think that's about all I've done so what about you Colin have you done anything in, in game yet uh, pretty much the same as you really um, uh, first thing that, we've, that I wanted to test was um, well, let's see. I went for the missions first. Um, really enjoyed the new portraits, which uh, took me by surprise. I guess those portraits must download from the server because um, it does seem that the bulletin board takes a lot longer than I thought. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously ran a few missions, uh, and that seemed to come across all right. Uh, took in a lot of the ambience. I really like the new voices as you approach the ships. And then I made the mistake of trying out the new AI. And boy, did I get my backside handed to me on a plate. As is seen in the latest top shift, dropping a hint there, you'll see me take on uh, uh, what was rated as an only an expert Python. And I'm on an A-class Ferdelands, fully kitted out. And, oh dear. <laughs> I'm going to need to practice a lot more. So, um, effectively, that was me. Um, I've, go I've gone and I think I've managed to explore four of the five engineer bases so far. Uh, I'm really loving the uh, the approach in all of them because they are so distinct and different. Um, although, admittedly, uh, I am getting a little bit lost with the engineers, to be honest, because um, I know that at the moment we'll, they say, all right, just bring us fish. But in the real game, they'll say, right, no, we'll need this material, this material, this material. And for the blueprints, I, it's very easy to lose track of which material that you're going to need for which blueprint. And that uh, that is, I think, a bit of a something to watch out for. Okay, well, we'll can, <clears throat> we can go into engineers in a little bit more depth in, uh, in just a second. But just, Obsidian, what about you? What about your initial thoughts and in entering into the beta? What sort of stuff have you been up to? What sort of stuff have you tried out? Fortunately, I've managed to have a look at a fair amount of it before things died, but the past few days I haven't been able to get in. Just a quick point, though, on the mission board about the portraits being generated. I can't remember if it was on the stream a moment ago or if I read it from one of the developers on the forums, but apparently they're generated on your computer, and that's why the mission board takes a bit of time to load up. 
Okay. Yeah. So basically, there's there's a seed there, a recipe. The, the developer called it, and the computer uses a bunch of parameters to create those portraits. So that's that's kind of why they take a while to appear. So they're taking a little bit of time to render, and I think that they were saying on the stream that's also why the the system map also takes a while to generate because yeah. it's rendering those imagery. I think essentially they've got the initial parts of the character creation in there, so it's kind of working away in the background as you call up the characters. Okay, well, I mean, you, you make a good point, actually, in terms of talking about the avatars, because this is one of the things that I was really looking forward to entering into the game. It was one of the things that I think we actually lacked. It was a step backwards from the earlier sort of Frontier games, uh, even though they all had purple hair in Frontier. Um, it was it was nice to put a face to, to your contact, and that's now come back into the game. What do you guys think of the avatars? Do you think they add to the immersion? Do you think they are graphically nice to look at? Do you think there's enough variety? How have you? Uh, how do you feel about interacting with the Obsidian? I think they really add a lot to the game in terms of um, making it feel a lot more alive now. I mean, the bulletin board before just felt like a well, it was just a list of missions, wasn't it? A bit like yeah. someone pinning things up on a board in a room somewhere. Yeah, you had, you had no no identification or relationship with any of them. So to see some faces there, that really does make a difference. Some of them are a bit ugly, aren't they? I think. But, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny you've just said that because we've just had a commander in game. Uh, I'm going to try and find. I think it was Commander Wilkinson who just said, "In uh, 1,000 years, the human race gets a hell of a lot uglier," uh, <laughs> and that's true. There is a slight sort of um, yeah. yeah um, they are off center. I'm not sure what's the uh, the thing that the term that people use when uh, you've got um, oh, computer generated people that aren't quite there. Is it the uncanny uncanny valley? Uncanny valley, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's yeah. there's a certain uncanny valley about all of the characters that I've seen, and also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but do they not sort of seem almost like a throwback to to Half Life avatars, the the Source Engine avatars that were created for the Half Life games? Yeah, that's that was my initial impression when I saw them. Um, it, it struck me as a little odd because having gone down to Frontier Towers and seen these guys um, doing all the artwork for for the avatars on on the screens and the computers down there as I was walking through. Um, they all looked a lot prettier uh, when I was down there looking at them on the on the dev screens than what seemed to have appeared in game. Uh, I have no idea why that is, um, but do we, you know? Do, is it possible that these are just yeah the, the first waves and, and people are going to start getting treatments and those avatars are going to get prettier, or do you think this is this is what we've got? Oh, I think they're going to improve. Uh, with all these things, they've said that they're they're going to be. It's, it's not going to be a first pass and just leave it like that. These things are are things that will be looked at and and reiterated and uh, and improved as as the game goes on. I would have thought. I mean, admittedly, um, I've seen a lot of complaints so far that um, it seems that long hair is out of fashion with most of these avatars because um, they all <laughs> seem to be having crew cuts. Uh, or inspired by Angel Rose's look, if you see what I mean. Uh, Although, in fairness, in, in Zero G, you don't really want a great big mop of hair you know, falling around. I, I like the I like the story that you can sort of blend into that. In the fact that you know, when you're on a planet, you take your wig with you, and your wig's almost like a, an extra member, an extra part of your your clothing design. Whereas when you're in space with a Zero G, you know, you, you have all of your hair shaved off, and you park your wig for the next time you're planet side. 
Uh, I'm in Life Station at the moment, and I'm looking at, at um, some of the people here, and I'm afraid to say, I'm, I'm looking at Aid Otis Hughes, and he's it, pretty similar to, to me. So I, if you say they all look pretty ugly, and I've, <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> oh dear, um, I'll admit ben. I'm a minger then. <laughs> I'm just wondering if the main reason that people are looking kind of ugly is because we're looking at the engineers and stuff like that. And, you know, these guys are meant to be rough and ready and rugged characters. You know? No, no, yeah, we're no? looking at the mission boards. I haven't no. looked at any engineers and everybody in the game is ugly at the moment. Okay, but have, you gone, to, have, you, <laughs> <laughs> have you gone to the Imperial Worlds and stuff like that as well? You, you know, that is a good point. I've only in Lave Station. That's very true. I haven't ventured past Lave System. It could just be that Lave System and the Imper- and the Independents are all ugly. And, you know, the Alliance people are ugly and the um, the Imperials are all beautiful. I certainly like that idea in terms of propaganda. So I need to <laughs> nip over to my nearest Imperial uh, Empire system and see if they're all pretty over there. Uh, head yeah, on down to Akinar and happened? see what they look like. <laughs> Okay, Obsidian, what else have you been up to? Well, one of the first things I went out to check out was the new graphics. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I really liked flying around the asteroids back in the early days, and that took a bit of a hit for various reasons and various problems Frontier were having with the game at the time, but one of the things I wanted to do was go see what they were like and see the new graphics on the planetary surfaces and quite surprised to see the changes in the station's interiors. They look quite nice. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've noticed that with the fog. Yes, I'm looking at that at the moment. I think that, that is very, a very nice shimmering effect at the moment. It's like the, the, whenever you see a landing pad come up, a gush of air comes out. Yeah. Uh, it just adds to the sort of... Um, industrial feel in the inside of the station i think it also seems to give a better sense of scale of those stations for some reason as well it just the places look bigger i don't know if it's just me but i thought maybe it's the fog gives the places more depth quite possibly uh i know i was quite surprised at seeing the size of these stations uh through you know oculus rift and stuff just the the massive scale when you're actually seeing them in virtual reality as opposed to when you're staring at your computer screen um so anything that adds an extra sense of scale uh to get as close to what you see through a vr headset would be great but i haven't i haven't noticed um uh, an increase in depth or anything like that but maybe it's just because i'm not looking hard enough or it could be that I sit right on top of my monitor. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be that you just, you know, your, your graphics card just gave you one extra ounce of uh, beauty before absolutely giving up the ghost. <laughs> Too much, Fred. <laughs> I also spent a couple of hours with Cornelius Breedus on his um, YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Um, we decided to go head out and have a look at the um, what it would be like to try and find materials for the engineers without actually knowing how to go about collecting them so mm-hmm. kind of from the point of view of a new player so you know where where do you go where do you get these materials from I made a few discoveries obviously you get some from blowing up the ships but it was where you get specific ones we were trying to upgrade our FSD drives mm-hmm. and I think one of them was a processor coolant or some, something along those lines we needed and it turns out you could get them from USS places as well as uh, destroying NPCs but it took quite a while just to get the two that I needed and makes it yeah. a bit bit harder than perhaps a lot of people are going to like I don't know 
Or perhaps it's just a case that once you know where you need to go, it's easy to get this stuff. <laughs> uh, just a quick shout out from the game. Someone says, uh, I love you, Obsidian Ant. Keep making videos. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> and I'll um, keep making videos, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just picking up on on that point it was it was definitely something that uh, Sandy mentioned in the stream um, that was on just before us uh, that the the whole thing about the the recipes as they're called in game now they're going to be changing to blueprints uh, from the engineers is you know where do you get this sort of bill of materials from it's really difficult uh, initially they they started out it was going to be it was a kind of a suck it and see and let the let the community figure it out and let the you know the words spin around the community as to where you get certain items and you know look through it on community wikis and stuff and they've now sort of changed their mind on that based on the feedback from uh, from beta and they're now looking at doing a system where when you actually get this recipe or the blueprint from uh, from the engineers you can actually click on the blueprint and that will give you some it won't tell you exactly where everything is but it might sort of point you in the right directions where you can go looking for these sort of materials so you're not completely in the dark uh, and the other thing they've said they're going to do, which is, uh, Sandy used a fantastic word, it's definitely the word of the day for me. They're going to munch, so they're going to munch some of the. Um, <laughs> they're going to munch some of the the, uh, the components down. So at the moment there is a massive bill of materials out there. There's lots of resources, uh, and Frontier have decided that there might actually be too many. Uh, so they're going to munch them together, and uh, fewer resources should make it slightly easier. Uh, for those people that want to do the engineer side of things to do the crafting uh, but at the moment that's not really a problem because at the moment the only thing you need to do anything with engineers is make sure you know where to get some fish 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 so um, at the moment we did have initial crafting but that was too difficult and they weren't getting the sort of feedback they needed so they've changed it so in order to get any of the weapons uh, all you need to do is bring your engineer a nice supply of fish which is just, I mean, that's one of the things I love about beta. It's when they do things like that, that just obviously are never going to make it into the main game. It's just, you know, we need to get an answer on this. So we're going to change the dynamics and we're going to change it to something absolutely stupid. Just for the sake of the beta, just so you guys can try this out. So everybody's going around. Every ship in betas are absolutely reeking of fish at the moment, which is just brilliant. Um, okay, so what else have people been up to? Has anybody ventured into the, um, the ice rings, for example? I have. Tell us about the ice rings, Ben. The ice rings are, guess what? Very, very pretty. Um, but th- they've added in f- lots of fog there. There's a lot more fog in the asteroids, both the ice rings, ice, ice asteroids and the asteroid asteroids, which I don't know if I like. In some respects, it feels a bit like it's breaking immersion, but on the other hand, it's so atmospheric, it's crazy. But there's no atmosphere in space, so, you know, maybe it shouldn't be. <laughs> so yeah. it looks awesome, and it's it's very... It, it felt like you're out in the ocean, and you're, you're hunting ships in the fog. It's that kind of feeling that I got from flying through the asteroids, um, just looking for things, and it felt quite scary. Okay. Um, so, so it's almost like a sort of a fog of war um, sort of. mechanic. Um, there's, they're also a heck of a lot denser, I think. Um, both the ice, astro- ice, ice fields and the asteroid fields are both a lot more. Well, the planetary rings are both a lot more dense than they used to be. Okay, and have they? Because uh, as Obsidian said, you know, asteroids one of the ones that that took a hit. Is there a noticeable increase in in beauty around the the asteroids and the ice droids than what we have in the main game at the moment? I think so. Yeah. Um, 
I I have to admit I I was going off. They've added shadows, I think, to them because I'm not sure. I'm not sure if asteroids were casting shadows on other asteroids and things before. Um, but I I was flying around and I saw saw shadows and I was like, is that a shadow or is that just a really really dark rock against the black of space? Um, <laughs> so basically, you spent all your time flying around the asteroids, being really paranoid. Pretty much because it is a <laughs> it was a high res a high res area, so you're already kind of paranoid, um, especially with Great. stuff that Sarah's given us. <laughs> Uh, we'll come on to that in, in just a second. Obsidian, would you say that the uh, the graphics around the asteroids have been being improved? Yeah, definitely. A lot, lot better then. Um, they've got there's quite a few graphical problems, I think, with them. But I've quite up to relatively recently. And I kind of agree with Ben as well about the density of the fog. I mean, the fog is one of the things I really do like in the ring systems. But in the ice asteroids, it's, it's perhaps a bit too close and a bit too blue. I don't know. But then it could also be... I don't know, Ben, how many ring systems have you been in? in I've only been the asteroid in the asteroid ones, the ice ones. Yeah, I've only yeah, been I'm in the I'm kind of wondering if, if there's a variety to them. I wonder if they're all the same or if some of them, yeah. But certainly going into the rocky ones and the metallic ones, the ones I've visited, the fog's off a little bit further into the distance and, as Ben said, very atmospheric, just waiting for something to peek around the corner or some giant worm <laughs> come out of the <laughs> asteroid there. <laughs> Well, talking about things jumping out from corners, it might be the sort of um, behaviour we could actually expect from the new and improved uh, AI which Sarah Jane Avery has implemented into the game. Let's pick up on that. Um, the only sort of interaction I've had with uh, with a non-player-controlled uh, ship has been with our own Orange Sidewinder hovering around outside Lave, and that is an elite-rated ship, um, which if you take it on yourself, even though I was in a Python uh, I found out I got my ass handed to me, which it just proves above anything else that I'm definitely not the one at the controls of that particular ship in game because I suck at combat. So it's an elite rated ship. It uh, very quickly, well, it got my shields down. I spent ages trying to get its shields down. And then as soon as I managed to get its shields down, it turned tail, ran off much faster than I could follow it. Uh, it regenerated its shields again, much faster than my shields, and then came back and literally just kicked my ass. And I was seeing space debris for the next sort of two minutes. So uh, there definitely does seem to be an increase. I know I suck at combat, but there definitely does seem to be an increase in this in this AI. What have you guys found out about it? Colin, you're probably one of our better pilots. Well, um, <laughs> not compared to this AI, I'm not. Uh, at the moment, uh, I, like I was mentioning earlier, I mean, I took a, um, I went into a hazardous red zone uh, with my my bounty hunting Ferdelance, and I thought, right, I'm going to clean up here. And you know, after after taking on a couple of competent pilots and, and things like that, I thought, ooh, well, this is a little bit more difficult than I than I'm used to. Um, but then this Python came in which was rated master, which is the same... No, it was expert, which is a, the one down before me. So I was there thinking, yes, I can have him. Went for him. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was a good 10, 15-minute back-and-forward tussle uh, until eventually... Um, I, I, I don't know how it happened. I suddenly noticed, oh, hang on, my hull's at 12%. And then he fired off a whole rack of missiles, and then that was, oh, that was it, really. <laughs> and I'm there thinking, well, it all got captured in top shift, and even Sarah Jane Avery, who's been in charge of the uh, the AI project, she put a comment on the YouTube video going, ha, 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 I got you. <laughs> very, very helpful and understanding lady, obviously. So, yeah, taking pride in her work and making my life miserable. So, uh, yes, and I must admit, a lot of people on the, the forums have, only, have already started complaining that, oh, this is a bit too hard. 
Well, okay. Well, let, well, let's come on to the coming on to the sort of the feedback that people have uh, have put forward in just a bit. Uh, let's find out what everybody else has been up to in terms of the the, the combat rating of the new AI. Um, Obsidian, have you gone into battle with anybody yet? It's actually something I'm going to look at a bit more later on. I haven't had a chance to go into battle too much, but I did get into a few fights with when looking for the materials, but I only come across as scouts. They seem to be everywhere in the system I was in, and they weren't. Too much of a challenge. Okay, Ben. I don't know quite what's going on there, but well, ben? I have killed the or- the orange sidewinder. I will admit that. Um, although <laughs> I might have been a little bit overpowered at the time because it was myself in a federal cutter and <laughs> Dobbo and. <laughs> I think it was so mine, like, a federal actually. cutter. Oh, federal corvette, whatever the hell it was. The big federal ship. Um, and Double yeah, we... and Mindwipe were in the big Imperial ships. And we did we did manage to kill the Orange Sidewinder. So hold on, you took three large, almost capital <laughs> ships to attack a One. small Orange Sidewinder. Pretty much. Yeah. It had yeah. Been really... You feeling pretty good about yourself now, Ben? You know, be being honest, the bully. I, I think we did actually. I think, yeah, you know, uh, Remclep wasn't very impressed with us, but you know, I think we all we were all quite happy. the The best thing was that there was quite a good police response as well. So after we we did this heinous crime, we all had to basically hightail it out of Lave because the police were after us, and uh, I might still be wanted from this little misdemeanor. Yeah, you are. You're showing off my screen now as being yeah. wanted it's, it's taking all my restraint not to actually take a few pot shots at you <laughs> uh, but as you've already just displayed the fact that you've managed to get some engineering uh, you've got some engineers modifications to that python i'm deciding to uh, probably give you a pass this <laughs> evening yeah, i don't know if these engineers modifications make it better or worse but uh, i have done that <laughs> oh somebody's got a good idea sorry i'm watching uh, jcb digger just repeatedly ram into the sidewinder to take its shields down uh, okay Ramming isn't a... I thought ramming was actually a crime these days. It is outside of the station, but we're not outside the station, are we? Ah, good point. Interesting tactics. So there you go. If you want to take the orange sidewinder down, then uh, obviously (laughs) ramming it up the bum is probably (laughs) the best way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the quote of the night. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so talking about the the feedback that we've heard from the community, you're absolutely right. Um, There has been a few people coming onto the forums. There's been a lot of people coming onto the forums, let's be honest, uh, saying that the, the new AI is actually taking it too far and it's actually spoilt the enjoyment and Colin you were saying that you've spent 10-15 minutes in a, in a back and forth battle was that 10-15 and 15 minutes of you sort of gripping your, your joystick and, and sweating and going oh this is an amazing gameplay or was it going my god why won't he die this is boring as hell well <laughs> double entendres aside um, yeah, it, w- it was actually quite an exciting encounter, um, but there was a point towards the end thinking, right, I've got him, I've got him a good job because I'm getting knackered now. And the, it, it, the one thing that got me was I was there thinking, well, hang on, when you're actually doing these combat ratings, normally it's only your own rank and above and maybe the rank below that counts towards your rating. Yeah. So that means that when you are a deadly pilot, that means you've got to take on dangerous, deadly, and elite pilots to be able to manage to improve your rating. That That's just incremented the uh, difficulty of this game, uh, the late game, by a massive amount if it stays at the same rate. 
Yeah, absolutely. Those people that have managed to make elite in combat, I think, are going to be uh, <laughs> they're going to be safe on their pedestal for quite some time. It's not going to get uh, it's not going to get too crowded up there at the elite combat rating after the uh, the new AI changes become fixed. No, that's that's certainly something that uh, to keep an eye out for. As far as that, the actual AI itself, I mean, I've just finished a 10-minute fight here with a, a, a an ASP, which was a master. So basically, that would be a complete match to what I've got, and. Oh, I don't think I could have got rid of it without the police backup that I had at the time uh, just now. So I, I think it, it's going to make things very, very scary um, if you are in a T9 trying to escape something when they are a, the, the rank is a lot higher than you. Okay, so what sort of tactics are you seeing them use? Well, there's the good old uh, brace of Robin when the shields drop. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, they also seem to be firing off um, uh, point defence. I mean, I, I, I've been trying off a lot of the, the missiles in the mines, and point defence works against both of them. Mm-hmm. So that, that was interesting to see. It does seem that, um, obviously, the higher-rated pilots do have more modules attached to their ship. So, you know, I haven't yet to see an ECM, though. Right. Uh, so, but... Ah, uh, they they do seem to be able to turn faster. They 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 do seem to be able to anticipate your maneuvers a little bit better. Um, but I think the one thing that got me was sh- um, shield cells. I saw this, the particular python that I was dealing with. Uh, I think he had tons and tons of shield cells, and then every single time it came close to knocking the shields down, bang, the shield cell will go up, and that was it. Uh, effectively, there was me trying to constantly knock down the shields, and of course, I didn't keep an eye on my own. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably would have uh, done a brave Sir Robin myself. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, the way that Sarah Jane has um, sort of done it, all the the ships now have access to basically everything that's, I think, you know, all the normal human commanders have in the game. So, you know, they have access to, to shield banks. They, they they use the sort of the common sense human thing of, you know, if your shields are down, then turn tail, run away, recharge, and come back. I think this is probably a good thing, but from looking at some of the feedback, and again, I haven't got involved in that much combat, but the, what the combat I have got involved in uh, has all taken quite a bit of time to come through now. <laughs> I think Frontier said they were going back and they were going to tweak it, not in a major way, but they were going to tweak it just to sort of dial it down from 11, what it might be at the moment, down to maybe about an 8, uh, and just see what people's reactions are to that. Because, I mean, let's be honest, if you're doing these missions and it's taking you 10, 15, 20 minutes per ship to take down, and yeah, that becomes the sole focus of you know, your evening's worth of uh, gameplay, is that what Elite should be about? Or, you know, is the joy of Elite more about the fact that you've got time to do a variety of different things? And, you know, is this combat taking too long? Um, Obsidian, what do you reckon? I think you make a valid point there. There's a bit of a difference between making the combat take longer and making it harder. And I think, I think, Frontier have obviously done both here, but in some areas they perhaps made it a bit too drawn out. So, Hearing that, the ships might not run away quite so often once we get a bit of an update on that. I think that's going to be a nice change. Seeing them having them do it occasionally is, is, you know, understandable, but to make it constant and having people keep chasing after them, I can understand perhaps why some people have been a little bit frustrated at that, but it's definitely nice to see all these new changes in the combat. 
yeah. definitely nice to see the uh, ships being much more responsive and more reactive and more of a challenge. I think the game needs that as well. It's just a fine line, isn't it? Got to find the right balance, and that's what nice. the beaters about. And yeah, yeah no, I absolutely agree. Mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you talk about response times there. Maybe this is a good uh, a good juncture to to bring in the police response. I've seen a few people say that the you know, the authorities seem to uh, to jump into these things a lot quicker than in, in previous um, in the main game at the moment. Uh, has that actually? You know, I'm trying to look through the the uh, the patch notes. Has that actually been something that they've uh, they've tweaked? that the system authority vessels come in faster or is it just us thinking they're coming in faster because we're actually we're spending 15 minutes trying to destroy a single ship? I've definitely noticed that. If you get interdicted and you get, you get attacked, the authority vessels can sometimes be there in a matter of seconds. Mm. Now, I mean, for me, this is this is a, this is a good thing because I I like the thing. I mean, we don't normally try and hate. <clears throat> I mean, they don't normally try to hail back to to Eve Online, but I did like the fact that you know they controlled the security of those places by having you know, instant arrival of uh, system authority vessels, and yeah, you know, in such a way that if you were in a high security system or if you were in a system that you know had a high population and it was sort of wealthy like an uh, elite dangerous then the, the police response you could expect to be really really sort of high to the point where it almost made it not worth uh, pirating in those particular systems you had to go further afield which plays into the narrative of you know the lawless systems and I would really welcome something like that coming into Elite Dangerous, where the system authority vessels are there uh, to either bail you out uh, or give you a chance to escape uh, or just make it so that, you know, in these high-populated, high-wealthy systems in Elite Dangerous, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense to pirate. I mean, you can still give it a go, but almost it's not worth having that uh, that pop. What do you reckon? No, I think that I, the thing, like uh, you were saying, it's a really good idea that they come in so quickly. Um it also will give some traders a bit of a, an advantage if the police, if, they, if they're going to secure areas where you know that the police response is quick, then um, sometimes that might make uh, other pirate players change their mind if they know that the police respond that quickly. And it's also, I think, quite nice that if nice change, probably not nice for the players, they get caught by it. But if you go into the more low security systems as you mentioned there so you go into a system that's got very little security then there's a slower police response there or perhaps none at all yeah exactly yeah as far as the emergence of the game as far as the the law of the game uh, goes i think that would just uh, that would just make a lot more sense yeah, totally yeah um, it makes it feel a lot different depending on where you are in the game so as you're in one system it literally feel so it's a richer system, the more security there, and you can go across to another system and it feels more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the original game, way back in sort of 84, um, was it Recourse that yeah. uh, was lawless? That, you know, when you got a mission or if you got, you know, if you saw a really good trade route to Recourse, you really had to sort of do some butt clenching when you were flying towards the planet, trying to get to that space station, knowing that you were probably <laughs> going to get interdicted or stopped by pirates at least three or four times, and it was going to be a, a difficult battle. But you knew you know, it was a high-risk, high-payoff situation, and it would just be quite nice to see something similar to that uh, sort of leak down into Elite Dangerous. Yeah, sure, maybe um, have high-value high trade routes in some of those high-risk systems or higher pay emissions just to encourage people to try and go there yeah exactly 
Um, just sticking to the combat for one last point, and that is the new weapons. Now, I haven't had a chance to try any of these out, but obviously we now have the human... Be- hu- <laughs> try that again. We now have the, the huge beam laser, the huge pulse laser, the huge multi-cannon, and the, the large multi-cannon. Have any of you guys managed to equip these to your ship and give them a go? When Not I was yet. flying the Federal Beastie, I did have two huge beam lasers... And then at Mindwipe and Guy's advice, I also tried the two huge multi-cannons, and I don't know what I can say apart. I've not done any of the maths on it or anything like that, but wow, they are fun. And the new... Really? The looks <laughs> of the new ships as well look really, really good too. Uh, not the new ships, the new weapons, sorry. I just, I do like the, new, the looks of them. I mean, I know some people were complaining about beam lasers having recoil and things, but... I don't care, it looks good. <laughs> and maybe maybe it's not recoil, maybe it's these mythical heat vents that guns have that we don't care about unless we're buttoned up, maybe. Yeah, and what sort of damage did they do? What were you, uh, what poor well, innocent victim were you taking out with they, your... They managed uh, to eat a sidewinder pretty quickly. Oh, right, fine. So you used one us. Nice. Oh, I, <laughs> okay, I can try perfect. some guns just now if you want, Fozza. Uh, no, as soon as you're sat right in front of me, I'd rather you kept your guns to yourself. Thank you very much. Fair enough, then. Keep it in your pockets, sir. Just keep it in your pockets. Right. Um, okay. Um, Xbox One. Um, Colin, have you had a chance to... Uh, to get any skins from the store for the Xbox One, or have you not switched the Xbox One on? Oh, stupidly. I just realised Colin's actually dropped off the call, so that was a stupid question to ask, considering he's not here for another ten minutes. Um, that's fine. We'll ask him about the Xbox One when he comes back. Um, various other things that have come in. Non-player-controlled encounters can occur near planet surfaces. This gave me quite a fright, uh, as I was doing some missions for the Lave Radio Network and dropped down into a planet after being interdicted for about five or six times trying to get to the surface. Uh, I thought once I got to the planet I'd be absolutely fine and uh, the little bugger didn't actually follow me down onto the planet as well uh, and continue shooting so I had a really cool looking space battle just hovering above the the planet surface um, which obviously I've never seen in Elite Dangerous before and it just happened I didn't realise this was coming into the game or anything but my word did it make you sort of sit up and and take notice to the, the, the fabulous backdrop of those planets when you're fighting in orbit uh, has any of you guys uh, had a chance to fight near a planet yet? Yes, uh, that happened to me the other day. I was doing a mission, and one of the bases was being patrolled by a, a, um, a Federal Assault ship. And I got got back into my ship because I was out in the SRV at the time. I was in an FTL, and I took it out whilst around the surface. And it's quite different flying that close to the surface. You've got to be careful of not turning too sharply because on some of those ships when you get on your side the gravity tends to pull them down quite heavily yep. so you've got to watch some of the manoeuvres and bear in mind this is only a few hundred metres above the surface Yeah, you've got to rethink the tactics you might normally use. So what was the, the ship doing? Was it actually sort of uh, just sort of hovering or was it sort of doing a circuit of the base? Yeah, it was flying around the base doing a circuit of it, quite quite close but I've also seen other missions where, where the bases where the um, ships that are patrolled in do a much wider circle so they don't seem to have a standard patrol route and it seems to be 
different based on the pace they're at. Now, what happened when you uh, when you knocked him out of the sky? Did the wreckage lay on the ground, or did it disappear? How did they? How are they managing that? I can honestly say I didn't notice that. I've actually heard some people say some of the components stay floating, but I haven't seen seen that myself. Right, because I know Sandy said that you know, it's one of the things that uh, you know those uh, those items either need to be collected up fast because they will fall down onto the planet's surface. So, oh, in terms of materials, yeah, they they do drop some materials down. And they, they they go down to the planetary surfaces. I did notice that. I didn't go pick them up though. I mean, are they are they available to pick up in your SRV? I'm assuming they must be. That would be the that yes, would be the mechanic. Yes. Yeah, you can pick them up in your SRV for sure. Yep. Oh, cool. Um, has anybody tried uh, locking onto the the nav beacon and getting updated mission information from that? That was something that I did mean to try last night and completely forgot about it. It's not something I've done myself as yet. Ben, have you done that? I haven't done that. I was the same. I was like, oh, I basically went in, scanned a system, looked for a guy, and then when I was about to hand in the mission, I was like, you know what I could have done? And I've totally forgot about it. Yeah, so basically, if you you scan the the nav beak when you jump in, it gives you information on uh, maybe your mission targets or some of the certain things that are going on within the system, which, I mean, for me, I've been trying to get my... Uh, faction rating up with the Lave Radio Network for ages and doing the missions that require you to go around into systems and hover around and wait at a particular time. They're a complete ball ache at the moment because at times it seems to be like there's no rhyme or reason as to what exactly you're supposed to be doing other than just flying around in frame shift. Um, so to have actually have a nav beacon that you can scan and getting a little bit more information so it doesn't feel quite so aimless, I think is a great step forward. Just noticing in game actually, um, Ben. There's someone that's trying to... Uh, there's a certain amount of ship humping going on between you and... I can't see which command it is, but the, the shield collisions now Ash- are Ashley very, very in, pretty. In uh, their Python. Quite good. Yeah, it's definitely another Python. So, But the, the, the shield collisions now give off this wonderful sort of green hue, um, I don't which know if that's I haven't Ashley's noticed in previous game. It's both of you. I think I've got pr- the prismatic shields on mine. I don't know what Ashley's got, but I think I've got the prismatics... Yeah, we've both got prismatic yeah. shields, that's why. It's very pretty. I have definitely not noticed that in uh, in the previous game. So if you want to see something pretty, guys, get yourself a, a prismatic shield and go crashing into something else. Because <laughs> the effect is quite cool. Or maybe, you just need it. maybe it's only cool if you crash into somebody else that has prismatic sh- uh, shielding. No idea. I can't actually see what it's like from my perspective. I'm going to go in t- into external camera to have a look. I see now everybody's, everybody's now sort of uh, banding around you two to, do, uh, to watch the show, to watch the fireworks. Um, okay, what else have we got in, uh, in the beta? What other stuff have we uh, not yet uh, covered? Um, covered the ice rings. Mission boards. The one thing I will say about missions is the, uh, I really do quite like the way that you, your reputation increase. Where you've got obviously your low, your medium, your high. That's always been there. But you've never had a sort of a bar, a status bar to show you how close you are to get to getting to the next level of uh, reputation with that particular faction. So it was obvious that you were uh, sort of hostile, neutral, uh, friendly, and then allied. Although with the beta, they've now added an extra layer in between um, neutral and friendly, which is cordial. So you can be hostile, neutral, cordial, friendly, and then allied. Um, but there's actually a, a marker system that shows you, if you take this mission, how much further up that bar do you go towards being cordial or go towards being friendly or go towards being allied, um, which is a nice touch. It's a little bit uh, less sort of finger in the air um, in terms of missions. And I'm really looking forward to that going into into the main game. Um, something that came out from the live stream uh, this evening, which I didn't realise, is that 
if you do missions for the, the the superpower, so if you do missions for the Federation or if you do missions for the Empire, etc., um, and you get a certain standing with the the superpower, then that acts as a multiplier with any of the smaller factions that you do work for um, that are allied to that particular faction. So it increases so the, the level that a high-level mission will do or a medium-level mission will do. Uh, there's a multiplier as taken into consideration as to your rep with the, the Federation, the Empire, um, which I think is a, a really nice touch. But at the moment, I'm still neutral for all the superpowers and haven't really wanted to get my feet wet with those. So uh, I'm just going to have to grind out the uh, the hardware, I think. Um, anything else that people have been up to in the beta that we want to cover off? Uh, Galaxy Map, has anybody made any use of the new um, the new functions in that uh, in that interface? No. Um, I know there's been a few bugs with it in terms of people trying to plot routes down to uh, to Saj A, um, but the fact that you can now bookmark stuff, I think, is a, a massive improvement. The fact that you can actually write on your own personal uh, bookmarks for those particular trade runs that uh, you've you've located, but leave the game for a week and then come back and you can't remember exactly where you were going between point A and point B. I think that's a massive uh, step forward for these. Um, Obsidian, you probably do quite a lot of exploration. Is this going to be something that's yeah, going to be useful to you? Bookmarks are going to be absolutely, totally brilliant, really. Um, many of the discoveries I've made, at least early on, I had to write down just so that if ever I wanted to go back to them or anything like that, I'd be able to. But as I went on and found more and more places, I eventually got a little bit tired of keep writing things down. But the ability to just be able to right-click or whatever on the map there and keep the bookmark of a location and then revisit that, that's, that's going to be a big, big help. I mean, there's some great things out there to find, so something that people have been asking for for a very long time. Once you've flown away, if you forget about where it exactly was, you'll never find it again. Well, no, exactly. And it, I think you can also... Am I right in thinking you can also write a little note connected to that bookmark as well to... Yes, you can, so you'll be able to leave yourself a little note reminding you exactly what it is you've found if you've made any particular discoveries out there. Yeah, and I certainly, I've got a few, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say some passenger missions that I've been doing to get my uh, my funds up uh, in the only way that you can actually do passenger missions in the game at the moment, so carrying slaves from point A to point B. Um, <laughs> Those type of passengers. <laughs> those type of passengers yeah. the only type of passengers that we have at the moment um so i've been doing doing that but again once you've uh, been out of the game for a week it's sometimes very difficult to remember exactly where it is you've been and as there isn't a uh, a sort of a history log of where you've been flying it can be very easy to forget so the fact that you can now write bookmarks in is a uh, a massive step forward uh okay so Ben, you have obviously got some nice thermal lasers on your ship. Why don't you walk us through exactly what the process is currently in beta in terms of meeting up with engineers, going down, building a reputation, and then actually getting these modifications put onto your ship? Okay, so you obviously you go down and you speak to an engineer, and the engineer says, give me some fish and I will then talk to you. So you can How do you actually find that um, that engineer to start with? What's oh, the um, mechanic in the game? The way I did it, at least, is go to the galaxy map and there's a purple blob, I believe it is. Uh, you can click on that. But I think we've also got introductions to the engineers in our... the one, two, three, fourth tab along that looks like um, a stack of papers or something like that. Um, so they've got invitations from various people 
So that's yes, so there is uh, your communications notice. So you have uh, invitation from Felicity Farsi, uh, invitation from Elvery Martuk, inter- invitation from the Dweller. So these are all engineers, I'm assuming. Invitation from various engineers to go and say hi to them. So you go and say hi to okay. them. And currently they say give me some fish and then I'll talk to you so that you give them some fish and they will talk to you. And at that point you can then... Only in beta, only for just now, you can then go and say, hey, could you please go and give me some stuff. Um, To begin with, they'll just give you a rank 1 item. So you go off and get a rank 1 item and maybe get a couple of them. And as you get more items, we're ranking up obviously very, very quickly with this being beta. So you go and get a couple of rank 1 items and then you'll find you can start getting rank 2 or rank 3 items rinse and repeat and eventually you can go and get rank 5 items and, and whatever you want depending on how much you do um, Okay and then is it sort of like does it automatically get added to your ship is there an outfitting screen that you need to go and add all these modifications to what's what's the so way it works? We're, we're going we go to the, I don't have any of the screens in front of me so I'm going totally by memory so it's probably completely wrong um, we go to the there's an, there is an engineer screen that's down at the bottom once you've landed on a base um and then there is a button on the left-hand side. You can either look at your... You can install your various modules, or you can browse all of them. So as Ed found out on today's stream, if you browse them and try to buy them, it won't work, because you're not, you're, <laughs> not in, you're not in the I want to buy a module, you're in the I want to have a look at various modules. But if you go into the I've got a, a beam laser and I want to upgrade it thing, then you can go into that, and then you go and play the roulette game by uh, the button on the right hand side which name I can't remember but it basically says go and preview these changes and things like that I think it says and that's where you see the different the bars showing you your percentage chance of how much it's going to get better and how much various things are going to get worse Uh, you go and do that then once you've done that then you can go and basically say okay that's fine and I want this or you can say, actually, no, that's not fine. I don't want it. Give me another one. Give me something else, please, before you apply. And then finally, obviously, you can apply it. One uh, okay. quick tip that I did find, because obviously, when you're going off and applying and playing the roulette game, is going through every one. So it's like let's it's sort of you, let's say you're imp- increasing your damage. It goes and moves the the selection bar up and down the damage scale, and then it'll stop, and then it goes onto the next one up and down stop rinse and repeat for all the different stats if you are impatient you can just click the mouse and it'll just give you your results straight away without playing without pretending to play the roulette game <laughs> right so okay. that'll save you about 10 seconds or so per per um module okay well uh, commander jcb has just mentioned in game that actually if you go onto the right hand screen uh, where your status is displayed, so your combat rank, your trade rank, etc. There's actually a uh, little icon down at the bottom which just says view engineers, and that will give you all the information that you've currently got Ooh. on all the engineers that you're currently talking to. Oh, so I see uh, they actually so... have their own screen that you can access from the uh, from the ship as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently showing that on the stream. So yes, we, we do Excellent. need to have so, that. So that's the... Um, so that's the mechanic of it all. What about the engineer bases? Because obviously these are different assets in game to uh, to what we've previously uh, had in terms of the Coriolis and the you know, the land bases. They're all new artworks and stuff. What do they look like? 
to have to admit, the only one I've seen has been very, very dark because it was the night side <laughs> of the planet. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was dark when I got there. Is that it, what, is that, is ba- that what basically? Yeah. Um, they, I could see that they had some biodomes and things like that, but it was pitch black. It was in the middle of a ravine, and it was kind of scary flying around. And I was also in a rush to get up to lave. Right, Obsidian, if you... Very brave. Right, I'm going to ask Obsidian. Obsidian, have you messed around with the engineers? Have you gone to any of the engineer bases? I've been only to two so far. Um, The first one was probably the same one I was just talking about down in that dark ravine. happened to be dark when I got there too. So heading out, all excited to see what these new brilliant engineers' bases look like, only to find it complete darkness. So quite hard to fly around. Why just wait for yourself to clip on some gantry way or side of a building there. Right, can I just point out to you guys that your ships do have lights that you could switch on at this point? How far do they shine? They shine about <laughs> two metres into the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> they shine on something when you hit it. <laughs> and then I went down to another base. That one was more interesting. I think it was Elvira's base. So both, both of the engineers I went to do the FSD drive upgrades, which I was interested in having a look at. <laughs> and she also researched into the alien technology that's been found. That was quite an interesting base. That was had a whole load of biodomes there. So it's, it's really nice to see these different locations now, all basically custom-made, all very different to each other. So the, the biodomes, obviously, these seem to be you know, quite a standard feature between all the engineers. Are these to scale? Uh, I mean, could you fly your ship next to them and see, you know, cityscapes inside and things that sort of look comparable to the size of your ship? Yeah, they're large. If you fly your ship down nearby and go into your um, external camera, you can actually clip the camera through to the interior of the biodome. And they're actually growing crops in there. Just like Matt Damon out of um, The Martian. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be growing Christmas trees or something, didn't they? They may have been. The one I looked at was, it looked like little bushes, potatoes maybe. Onion heads. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. <laughs> to quote Matt Damon, they are sciencing the shit out of those biodomes. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Uh, Colin, welcome back. What uh, what interactions have you had, sir, with the engineers? Uh, well, so far I've visited um, four of them, I think, uh, and I've always turned up, and I never had the the components that I needed to in order to upgrade any of my equipment. So, so you have no uh, fish. Uh, I know. Well, the fish only came in today. Yeah, it did. <laughs> You know, I've got. To, I, I could go off and do it now, but I thought we were doing this podcast. But um, the, <laughs> the the main issue I've I've had so far is that due to my scattiness, um, I think, all oh, right, I'll go for that and try and remember what materials I need. I get involved in a couple of uh, tussles, and um, by the time the tussle's over, I've got I've forgotten what I need to scoop. So, <laughs> and I'm going to have to fly with a, a notepad and pen, unless there's there's some way for it. These blueprints, blueprints that you pin. I think we might actually have an answer to that, Colin, which you probably just missed. Uh, Fozzer oh. just told us about the view engineers thing in status. When you look in that, then you can go and see the view pinned recipe, and I would wager that's going to say, "Take me some fish, and I will give you your thing." Um. I'm looking now. Okay, so I'll you have a look at that. Go on, Obsidian. Yes, sir, I have. 
just going to say, I believe it's only there if you've actually pinned the recipe while he visited the engineer. Otherwise, it'll be empty. No, it's there. That, oh, that's good. where it was. Yeah, great. That's where it was. Right, problem solved. <laughs> forget, forget my last whinge. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Obviously, as we say, these uh, these pinned recipes, they are going to change those to, to blueprints because, uh, as I said on the stream tonight, you know, even though the Great British Bake Off is fantastic, this is a sci-fi show. So it's going to be about blueprints. It's going to be about documents. It's not going to be about making cakes and recipes, etc., etc. So they are changing all of those to, uh, to blueprints, which I think is probably right. Um, okay, well, I think that's probably everything for the beta as it currently stands what are we currently on has there been three updates now since beta was launched on thursday have they done three uh three patches yeah we're now on beta three yeah so beta three at the moment obviously they they changed thick and fast um what we're going to do is going to have a quick advert and then when we come back from the advert we're going to just touch on some of the stuff that ed and sandy were talking about in the live stream this evening I could murder a cup of tea. Yorkshire gold, if you have it. Double Yorkshire gold. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're dead. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. life, choose a shit, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big shit, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void, with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads?
public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Moving on to the stream that was played just before we came on air, the stream with Ed Lewis and Sandy Samarco just going through the tutorial about the current beta. We're just going to pick a few things up that uh, were mentioned on the stream. The first thing to pick up is how fast Sandy can talk when he's under pressure. It was almost, it reminded me, can you think back to those uh, wonderful sort of game shows uh, about computer games back in the day, and in fact things like Going Live, uh, where you had a data blast at the end, where they would play you all that information, you had to use your VCR to record it, and then you had to play it back frame by frame by frame. I think we need to try and get something like that installed for Sandy, because trying to write show notes and keep up with exactly what it was that he was talking about was absolutely nuts. I think he managed to cram about four hours' worth of streaming into an hour and a half. It was absolutely crazy stuff. Um Ben, what did you pick up from the stream? Is there anything that uh, jumped out at you that um, you either didn't know or you think actually they've made a good choice there? Um, actually, the stream's kind of a blur for me at the moment. Um, I, yeah, but we I did give you the job of trying to write the notes for it, so <laughs> I can understand why you're a little bit shell-shocked. I, I, I was very much like a, shit, Sandy, slow down, slow down, I'm trying to type here. <laughs> I even wind up writing that in their chat channel a couple of times, like, I didn't catch that, what were it? Um, give me a couple of minutes and I'll get back to you on that if you want. Yeah, okay, well, no worries, well, I mean, just some of the things that I picked up on the first one uh, I spoke about earlier on the show is the fact that they're obviously uh, bringing together some of the lower resources so there's not so many and I said it was munch, they're munching things together, they're not, it's munge, they are munging, M-O-N-G-E munging, which again, great word. Uh, he was asked on stream whether or not there's going to be any particular mods for the SRVs, which isn't currently in the uh, in the plan um, or indeed is the NPCs using SRVs uh, that's obviously as he describes it being quite expensive to quite a lot of work to do that uh, and do it correctly and do it in a way that actually has uh, some good gameplay in it so obviously there's never saying never but it's not on the cards at the the moment uh, Obsidian what sort of things did you pick out of the stream that uh, either you didn't know or you thought were quite interesting well there's one particularly standout bit which Sandy kind of skimmed over and that was some changes to exploration and up until now Michael Brooks has said many times that he thinks exploration is pretty much good as it is quite happy with it but Sandy kind of mentioned that they've got some upcoming changes for it didn't mention the time frame for it and if or when it'll actually happen but it's something they're looking at so that was quite a nice thing to hear what sort of things would you like to see in um, exploration and what's on your wish list I'd like to see some more actual points of interest out in space, down on the surface and in space as well, and obviously they're not going to be the sort of thing we'd see in um, 
civilized space so i don't know what sort of things we would actually see but i could imagine based on some of the law that they've spoken about so far they've got the whole thing with the missing yeah mm. that's that's the colonies that went out what, a few hundred years ago well, yeah they all the technology so there's some colonies out there maybe some the old generation shipped ships that have been abandoned i'd like to find some things like that out there things that should be quite rare not come across too often and maybe one per one player would find it and it'd become a little hub for the yeah. players to come and find so yeah persistent persistent things to find out there make exploration quite a bit more interesting and i think some other stellar bodies as well some accretion discs added to the black holes and comets things like that added in all i think are probably coming eventually so yeah no i agree and i think this is one of the things that i know obviously it's not on their the top of their priority list but i do think it would be nice to have a few more touristy things around the uh, the spiral arm that people can go and visit so there's obviously things that sort of are outstanding from uh, elite law such as the teen isla graveyard and you know the ship's graveyard at teen isla would be a lovely addition um to have in the game so it's, it's nothing fancy it's just a place where there is a, a shed load of of wrecked ships as a persistent asset in the game that people can go and almost do like a, a selfie postcard to say that they've been to tian uh, isla at the moment the only one we've got is the um the black hole at the center of the uh the galaxy everybody goes to sajay takes their photograph and, and goes home again yeah. um but it, it would be nice to have other either natural stellar phenomenon for the stellar phenomenon doobie doobie uh that you could go and sort of take a photograph of or and also maybe discover so that you get a a whopping i don't know eight million credits or something for finding a obscure piece of stellar cartography uh that you bring back and and share with the world you know yeah and it's kind of way off topic you mentioned taking photos there something i've often thought about i'd like to see in the game at some point with regard to the galaxy map is you know the way google maps works when you browse around a particular country how you get the, all the photos along the bottom yeah i'd love, love to see something like that as you as you browse around the galaxy map you get all the little screenshots that people have taken and give, yeah yeah so all the different valleys people have seen there's different types of planets people have been to some of the more interesting locations standout locations would be very easy to find then for other players no, I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I'm trying to think whether or not that would be quite a an expensive thing for them to do. Whether or not they could have a central store and link it in, but I think it's a cracking idea. It'd be yeah, as long as it's filled with actual interesting photos, it would be a bit dark. But you know, so in my holiday snaps, you wouldn't want to uh, <laughs> you know, submit that anybody think. to those sort of things. You know, it's like oh look, it's a yellow star. Oh, it's another yellow star. And it's like no, that's a yellow star with someone's finger across the front of it. <laughs> Maybe, maybe community voting on the, on yeah, the images. Exactly. <laughs> Would probably well, not be a bad idea. Well, maybe not such a good idea, considering one of the most popular Twitter photos was someone managing to do something rude in the tracks using their SRV. We knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> Crash. Has, has that actually been done, it? <laughs> Oh, it's been done. Crash. <laughs> we know. Crash. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the other... Sorry, go on. No, 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 it's okay. No, I was just wondering. So, I take it he's been drawing the most obvious phallic symbol with the the dirt uh, track marks left by the SRV, has he? Um, I was trying to be subtle, but yes, yeah. (laughs) 
think yeah. If if we had one, we'd we'd do a slow hand clap for uh, for Crash on that particular one. We expected better things from Crash Landing. We really did. <laughs> um, sorry, Obsidian. What were you going to say, mate? No, it was basically that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, Ben, what other things came out of the stream that you wanted to pick up on? I not. It was mentioned in the stream, but I kind of knew a lot of it already, um, was that the AI has obviously been changed, and it's being changed again, uh, hopefully making it more fun, as we, we've already mentioned that the AI is liking to do its run, runaway impression, uh, which... <laughs> the Brave Sir Robin. It was doing the Brave Sir Robin, which, frankly, made things very boring. And I saw on Sarah Jane Avery's Twitter feed that she's making them more aggressive, and that made me feel kind of happy. But then I went off and saw in the in the show notes no sign of any of this, so I, I did kind of directly. He was like, "At Sarah Jane, sorry, is there any chance of at Sarah Jane Avery's um, AI improvements making it into this beta?" And she, she took the subtle hint that I dropped and said, "No, sadly, they're not in today's one, but they will be coming soon." Um, and basically, okay, maybe that's one, yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, maybe that's uh, something we can just quickly pick up on. Um, you say in this particular beta, we haven't explained, we maybe should have done that at the top of the show, uh, the different phases that are going to be coming for a beta. It's slightly unusual, slightly different to uh, to the normal beta. Um, have you got that in front of you? Can you quickly just run us through the various different stages that we've got for beta? Yeah, I, I can. Okay, Colin. Go on, Colin. Right, right. Well, the first phase we've already passed, which was the... the the introductions to the engineers. Now that was where everybody got um, an invite to, to the engineer, uh, and you know you were able to see what they were able to provide. The next stage is this one, which we're in, which is mayhem. Now what they've gone and done is they've obviously given um, all the engineers an easy commodity for us to gain influence with, uh, and we are to uh, uh, to upgrade and test the modules that um, they have given us, and. Um, use them either against each other or against the AI just to, to test how they perform. And then you have the final stage, which they've nicknamed Armageddon. <laughs> I have a sneaky suspicion that we might as well just go hell for leather and just try and shoot anybody or anything that moves using whatever we can get our hands on. Uh, and I've got the sneaky suspicion that it's going to be like either Highlander or The Hunger Games last man standing. <laughs> or woman. <laughs> and have they given us any indication of what sort of um, what sort of length each phase of the beta is going to be? Um, well, let's see. The first phase has really been sort of five days, uh, and now we're into the second, which is the mayhem bit. So, um, you know, maybe they're, they're thinking, right, okay, we've, we've got the, everybody introduced to the engineers now. Let, let's crank it up a bit, and maybe in a, a week after that. I mean, I am. I have a, a gut feeling. There's there's no official word from Frontier on this one, but I've got a gut feeling that the beginning of June is when this beta will turn live, dependent on how the rest of this goes. So, you know, if you look at it that way, it looks like a, a roughly a weaker phase before um, uh, before we're ready to try it out in live. Yeah. Um, I think I think people will be very, very impressed with the changes that they're going to see in the main game uh, from this particular beta. Obsidian? One of the other things that was mentioned down the live streams, I think someone asked about improving the limpets to make them a little bit smarter. I think that's something that would be a very, very good idea. 
when I was out trying to collect some of the materials, I don't know if you've tried that yet, but if you go into the extraction sites and you maybe get a wing of three attack you and you destroy them, they all drop materials, but they can all drop six or seven materials each. So before yeah. long, you've got dozens of these materials surrounding you and they're a real pain to try and collect if you're just in your ship trying to scoop them manually. I've been out there with a combat ship, so it's difficult to find a slot for the Olympic controller. So it was, it was an F FDL, I believe, I was in. I managed to get a single Olympic controller in, so I could just have one single Olympic out. But it takes so long for it to go out there and collect a bit of material and head back again. And these materials, they've got a very short time to live. They expire yeah. after probably 100 seconds or something like that. Mm. And it'd also be nice to give it a little bit more commands over what materials you actually want it to collect mm. yes that, that is that is something that uh, uh, we're going to need to be able to do like you know select this kind of grade of material otherwise it's uh, yeah it, you've, I must admit I've done a bit of the, the, the scoop grinding already and I'm there thinking oh this is almost as bad as mining <laughs> yeah yeah it helps with the limpets but in the combat ship, you tend not to have, unless you've got an anaconda, I suppose, or one of the larger <laughs> ships, you're not able yeah. to fit too many uh, limpets in one go. Yeah, no, I think that would be, uh, I mean, unfortunately he said that, no, it's, uh, it's a great idea, but there's nothing on the cards for getting smarter collect limpets, uh, which is a shame. But again, you know, all this feedback is being collated and all this feedback that uh, they're collecting through the beta is all being collected and, you know, does go into the pot. Um Okay, one of the things that I picked up from the, uh, the 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 stream, which was a little bit disappointing for me, and again, it seems to have been a um, uh, sort of like a breakdown in communication between community and frontier, in that the engineers, the mechanics for the engineers, uh, initially I thought it was going to be based on you know, some looting, giving them some of the stuff that they want, but also if they wanted to build a re reputation with them, they'd give you certain missions. And only by completing certain missions would you actually be able to raise your reputation with certain uh, engineers and get introductions to the next one. Um, that's not the case. It's never been the case. Basically, it was, again, another one of these examples where it was just too expensive um, to link the mission system in with the engineers. It's actually only going to be based on the, the crafting system. So the only way you can build your reputation with engineers is by bringing them the stuff they want, uh, which I think is a real shame. Um, I think you know, having slightly different missions or having missions that were just linked to those particular um, engineers would have been a really nice addition to the whole mission system within the game and really add to the immersion factor of the, the galaxy. So I was a little bit disappointed when... Sandy said that fortunately this isn't the case they're just going to stick to the foreseeable future with the you know I need four fish bring me four fish I need ten fish bring me ten fish uh, how do you guys feel about that well to be honest it is a little gutting isn't it uh, <laughs> it was um, one of the things that would um, I think people were holding on to because they were there thinking right um, at least with the engineers we'll have this kind of little mini campaign or something like that that you could play through in order to gain influence mm -hmm. but it turns out that you know, the it's a case of gaining influence by secondary uh, you know by osmosis so you know the more you do missions for the federation then not any federation engineers will be more friendly towards you yeah definitely uh, Obsidian yeah, I'd, I'd like to have seen it 
perhaps implemented in a bit more of an involved way. Uh, trying to, I believe it's still that way at the moment, from at least what I understood. Like I say, I haven't had a chance to look at it too closely for the past few days, but the whole thing of keep getting the engineer to make the same modules for you over and over, just so they can be discarded to essentially increase your rep. I mean, that, that's, that's how it's working, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, that's, that's my working. understanding of it. Yeah, it would be nice, even if there was a mixture of the regular missions in there, just the engineers asking you to do something specific. Go out and find me this rare good, or go out, this this person's been bugging me, go out and yeah. take them out for me. Exactly. They, they could have used the same missions, basically, but just get the engineers request it in a slightly different way. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I really like the idea of the fact that, you know, I'm supposed to be under the deep cover and this guy's been sniffing around and I don't want him to find out where I am. He's last seen in this system. You know, please go and, and take care of him for me. You know, that's the sort of thing I think would work really well with the engineers. Um, but yeah, unfortunately at the moment it's uh, it's all about bringing fish or whatever materials they uh, they need. Um, the other thing which I thought... Uh, was, which was raised on the stream, which I thought was a good point, is the fact that at the moment the mechanic for you know, getting these uh, these modifications to your ship and, and keeping them um, just isn't there at the moment. So you know, you're going to want to try and experiment with different types of, uh, of upgrades and stuff. But in order to do that, you basically have to buy uh, an, another ship and fit it to uh, a new ship as opposed to, I don't know, trying to store it or, or having it or so you can put it back on a, a, at a later date. Um, at the moment, Sandy says, you know, buying a new ship is kind of the only way that you can do it at the moment. He doesn't think that that's actually um, financially unviable because at the moment people seem to have large credit balances in, uh, in Elite Dangerous, which I think that's probably very true. Um, but it would, it would still be nice to have some way of either holding on to these things or transferring them from one ship to another, don't you think? Yeah, totally agree. I mean... It's probably true that a lot of people have got a lot of money. I've only got a few million myself, probably about 100 million on one of my characters, so not enough to try out on too many ships. But money aside, if you're going to try out on different ships, it's the whole fact of getting your ship out there to the engineer because they haven't all got shipyards. you then got to go and find another ship and bring it back just to try another module. So that's, that's time, doesn't it, as well? But they've said storage eventually, I believe, haven't they? So, well, yeah, this is the thing I didn't pick up on that. So, what's the latest rumor on on storage and how it's going to work? I can't um, remember specifics on that. It, it, it says here in the notes. I mean, look, I think I, I was uh, busy with family stuff when this, this particular bit happened. But it says storage for modules? Question mark. And hopefully later in season two. Um, okay. But. Um, as as per usual, as Andy, he sort of says, this is uh, what we'd like to do. Whether or not we actually do it is is up to circumstances. So, yes. Yeah, I suspect okay. it'll eventually happen. I, I can't see it going indefinitely without there being some form of storage in the game, to be honest. It just might be a long time until it does happen. But <laughs> I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, we can just put the frontier soon on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Anything else that popped out from the from the live stream that people want to uh, to pick up on before we uh, before we close it off for the uh, for this particular episode? Well, just quickly. I mean, have you covered the the difference between the point defense and the ECM? Uh, no, takes through that. Well, this is one thing that that did surprise me. I think um, in the old games, the ECM was obviously the the best and way to get rid of missiles unless you shot them out manually. 
Uh, but at the moment, um, we now have, uh, especially with all the modifications being made to, to missiles at the moment, uh, point defence. Now, point defence... Um, is exactly where they want it at the moment. However, the ECM needs a lot of work, they were saying. Um, it does seem that pressing a button uh, to, to fire off the ECM didn't seem to be working and nobody seems to be using it. So they're going to be looking uh, at modifying the ECM so that uh, it's a more useful counter to the more powerful missiles and torpedoes which are coming in. It's not just a case of pressing a button like it was in the original Elite Game, Colin. As I understand the mechanic of the ECM, you had to press the button to charge up your ECM, and then when you released it, that fired it off. So obviously the longer Mm. you pressed and charged up your button, the bigger the bubble of ECM went boom. So it's a nice, interesting mechanic, but I think that the mechanic especially with the way it was being displayed or not displayed made life awkward and made it very hard to use so yeah i like the i like the idea of the more you charge it the bigger the radius but it's also very hard uh, i didn't know that i was just tapping it and wondering why i was getting hit by missiles <laughs> that's probably that's probably why colin and there was no nothing telling you that it's just, just something somebody learned that if you press and hold it charges up more I was thinking it was working like in the old games where you just hit the E key and that was it. Exactly. No, it's not. Okay, so aside from that, anything else that's jumping out from uh, the stream this evening? I think we've covered it, really. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm just trying to find out. I didn't realise that I've uh, been chatting away hosting the show and my engine's been slightly throttled forward, so I was going to say who's been hanging around the Orange Sidewinder with us in-game, but I can't because I'm miles away in the black when I can't see any of you. So, Ben, if you're still hanging around the ship, or Colin, if you're still hanging around the ship, who else is out there with you? Well, at the moment, I'm 209 metres away from uh, the Sidewinder, and we have Commander Arkenbells, Commander Caretaker, Commander Stephen Usher, an Imperial Clipper and a Python. (laughs) (laughs) We've also got Ashley Wilkinson, uh, Gimme, and Upper Bottom. They're probably two of the ships that are the Imperial... I think Ashley was in the Python. Yeah. Perfect stuff. And obviously we've got to give a, a, a massive thank out, uh, thank out, that's not a word, a massive <laughs> shout out and a thank you to uh, to our guest for the evening who's been Obsidian Ant. Uh, thank you very much indeed for coming on the show, sir. Uh, thank you, it's been a pleasure being here. No, it's been a joy having you, buddy. Um, what if people wanted to, if people didn't actually already follow you, most people already follow you, but if they were trying to find out more of your videos and where they can find you, where would they go to? Just go to YouTube. Uh, dot com forward slash obsidian ant and you should find my youtube channel right there got a whole bunch of different types of videos there most of you probably know but if not i'd like to do a bit of exploration so a lot of my videos focus on that as well as elite dangerous news great stuff what was the what was the last video you put up i think the last video was just some news on the stuff that's going on in beta at the moment and before that there's a whole bunch of them on the beta some 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 videos on graphics uh another video on the engineers themselves and a couple of others there i believe as well so be more coming over the few next few days i mean, certainly uh, some of my favorite videos that you've done uh, i love the series that you did on the uh, the loring game in terms of the different factions and the, the information that we had and the information that frontier had given us about the various different factions and how they interact with each other and you know some of their background i thought that was a great series 
Well, thank you. There's something I really want to go back to, actually. There's a lot of different bits and pieces on law in the game, stuff that's emerging at the moment with um, like the Unknown Artifact and the various other things going on at the moment with the community getting involved in. And I'd like to go back and have a look at that sort of thing. Great stuff. Well, again, thank you very much for being on the show. If you want to go and check out the stuff that Obsidian's doing, obviously just go to youtube.com forward slash Obsidian Ant. And that's going to do it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter, or you can join our Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Radio. Our TeamSpeak server is at laveradio.teamspeak3.com, and obviously we record the show live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30, and it's streamed out live at laveradio.com forward slash live. Thank you very much to Colin and to Ben for joining me on this particular episode. Until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Two seconds, I'll be right back.